Actually, it's hot as hell outside right now. Brown and Lawhead bringing you, I don't even want to call the show a sports show today. Today is going to be a topic show. We are going to talk topics on the show because the world is in a very interesting place and there's no other place I'd rather be right here than with you guys, whether you're stuck on the 5 or the 163 or the 8 or the 94. Now my throat's getting all filled up with stuff. Unless, unless you're going to shout out to my peeps on the 52, shout on the out 56, the Ted Williams Parkway. Come anybody, on, anybody on the freeway right now stuck in traffic because you're going to or past the county fair. God bless your God bless you. Man. And you really do love your children more than other people because I wouldn't do it. So then there's Man, that. I'll tell you. You're, you're you're hearing all of this lovely entertainment on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. You can hear everything you missed on YouTube or on the iTunes podcast platform just simply by going to Kaplan and Crew. Jason Lawhead, world-renowned comedian. See how much bigger you're getting? Wait until you're, you're uh, universally ga- galaxy famous. Jason Lawhead, I'm John Browner. We are go- we got we got some stuff for you on the show today. Apparently, Baker doesn't know when to shut up and take and take a loss as a win. People are collecting money. You're shocked by one guy collecting 47 million, another one collecting 37 million. Uh, I don't know if you're shocked by what happened at the Capitol during testimony today. We'll get into that. Uh, but I want to at least start with some form of sport in fighting. Um, you ever wonder why when a baseball brawl breaks out, because the baseball brawl broke out between the Anaheim Angels and the uh, uh, Seattle Mariners. Like, this was like a legit fight. This was a legit fight. In baseball, it is highly encouraged for the unwritten rules to plunk a guy and for people to charge the mound. And hockey fighting is widely accepted as simply just a part of the sport. Do you know the stigma and the level of racism? Because I'm just going to call it what it is. The level of racism that is surrounded by any NBA player that gets into a fight. Do you know any, if NFL players fight, it is literally considered the worst thing that you could do on the football field. And guys are wearing helmets. No one ever gets hurt in an NFL fight. And guys in the NBA don't even fight anymore. They don't even punch each other. But if a fight in no. the NBA broke out, it would literally be the top story on every sports news channel and every talking head show the following day simply because the magnitude of black people fighting for whatever reason. Gets people riled up. See, look at him. Look at him. See how they're acting. You see, you see this brawl between the Mariners and the Angels. That was a real fight. I just thought when I read the headline, I just thought they were fighting over last place in the West. <laughs> I didn't know it was an actual brawl until I saw a video. A brawl to the bottom. <laughs> a brawl to the bottom. So I did the because I, I, I like watching the coverage when something like this happens. Not because I want to see other races fighting, and, and but just the simple, the objectivity of how people fight and how it's covered. This idea that someone had to do it. If I told you game one of the NBA season, it was going to be the Kendrick Perkins was coming out of retirement 
for whoever was playing the Warriors on opening night. And he was doing it simply just to fight Draymond Green. People would be like, they can't do that. That's crazy. But in a baseball game, like, well, you got to hit this guy to hit this guy. Right. So I, the stigma around fighting in sports has always been very curious to me. And, it, and it's always been very obvious as to why one is stigmatized over the other. And I just don't like it. Well, yeah, and baseball, you know, has deep, deep, deep DNA in Americana, you know, much more than any of these other sports. When you look at, you know, um, you know, just going all the way back, you know, baseball, I mean, basically invented cheating in sports and it's still, it's still, it's still a, it's still a fabric of the game, you know, um, chewing tobacco. Right. Like there are still guys in 2022 chewing tobacco that could kill kill Tony Gwynn. Uh, it, it could kill you. But because in the late 1800s and early 1900s, they used that as a stimulant. Those hot days, they played day games every day. And a lot oftentimes, you know, um, in the south where tobacco was being played, these guys are playing in wool jerseys and a hundred and some degrees nine inning game sometimes double headers so they actually use that as a stimulant that well it wasn't because it was cool to sit in the dugout and spit and look like a baseball player this was uh you know this was a fabric of the game that said dude right before you go out and take the field you know you've been sitting on the dugout maybe you didn't bat that inning you throw in a chaw you kept it yeah. in your back pocket right before you went on deck. You threw one in. You got a little jacked up. You got that exhaustion from the heat off of you. You know, gambling, uh, uh, so many things. And this is one of them. This is one of those kind of just DNA, long, been done baseball. You throw at me, I'm throwing at you. And the benches will empty. The guys from the bullpen i love when the bullpen guys come out like what did you have to do with anything you said so these guys are just sitting out there getting a suntan you know so uh dumb. reading catcher in the rye and all of a sudden they're in a bench clearing brawl um so that's just what this is and you know obviously in the nfl and hockey as you mentioned these are collision sports these things are bound to happen yes. they are just going to happen because the game is a competitive game that you are colliding and you're creating that kind of you know, extreme physical contact. And you're right. The NBA used to have some great, you know, there used to be some brawls and some bad hell. There used to be fights during a play. They wouldn't even stop the game. There, there would be a fight. You'd see a one guy throw a fist, another guy throw a fist while the game was in transition. They didn't blow the whistle to stop it. They just came the other way. Now in the NBA, it just seems the only fighting is infighting. If it seems like the only real right. fighting in the NBA is on the same bench. And in the same locker room, you know, I mean, Gilbert Arenas, you used to you used to have uh, Rodman and, you know, uh, Oakley or somebody go at it. Now, Gilbert Arenas was bringing a gun into his own locker room. Guns, guys. plural. <laughs> Guns. But so, yeah, I mean, uh, but I will say this. Applause to the Mariners and Angels for at least putting out some entertaining baseball. That was one of the best. Bench clearing brawls baseball has given in a while. Usually they're just these little stupid, like, wastes of time and energy. Like, the game's long enough. You guys call, come all the way out there just to talk, you know, talk some smack and have one guy get held back. And then it takes 15 minutes to, to reassemble. So at least there was a fight. You know, there's going to be a fight in Cleveland, but it's not going to be the fight you think. 
the fight that should occur will be to how fast we can get Baker Mayfield out of here. But what I wish Baker Mayfield would do, because here's, here's the thing about opportunity. Baker Mayfield was a walk-on. He understands opportunity. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, as a professional, Baker Mayfield's arrogance that got him to the number one pick is overriding his common sense. See, Kyrie Irving and Baker Mayfield are two planets orbiting the same ignorance. Different Mm -hmm. moons, but nevertheless the same, right? Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving doesn't get that no one wants him. So I have to now opt in and take this $37 which we'll get to in a bit. Baker Mayfield's ignorance of an arrogance won't even allow him to look around and go, damn, they had all offseason. We got about, I don't know, a month to camp. Nobody wants me. Let me sit down with Brown's management because I mm-hmm. know they're going to suspend the guy who they basically got instead of me for at least eight to ten games, maybe the whole season. This team's still a playoff contender. I can still get to this team and show people for at least eight to ten weeks, whatever it takes, I beat out Jacoby Brissett. I show people that I'm still professional. And then I take the field and I show people that I am a number one pick in the draft. I am a franchise quarterback on a team that almost beat the Chiefs two years ago to get to the Super Bowl. So this idea that he thinks that he doesn't have to do that, even though the league has proved to him, bro, we good on you. He still doesn't have the common sense to go, you know what, Kevin Stefanski? Yes, I said some things about you publicly because I thought I was out of here. Well, I'm not. So I'm going to come back, not with my tail tucked between my legs, but as a man to you and say, hey, look, there's obviously something going on here. Until that guy gets here, I'm here, man. Let's let's put this behind us and let's work. But he's too arrogant to even do that. And I just don't get the level of ignorance and stupidity that he thinks is bravado and it's costing him money. Yeah. Well, that's what happens to Heisman Trophy winners that really aren't Heisman Trophy winners, Ooh. you know, which is a lot of Heisman Trophy Ooh. winners. The Heisman Trophy is a, a weird, weird award because it, it's often given to a guy that really at the end of the day, when you evaluate his NFL career, uh, oftentimes isn't even, you know, isn't even a, you know, getting an, an all pro ever, like a one, not even, you know, a pro bowler. I mean, all pro is very hard to become just even a pro bowl roster player um, oftentimes. So, you know, I think that that has, you know, you, you, yes, you mentioned the walk on and, and until he can get back, which that's his strongest asset, you know, knowing his strongest asset right now, if he were to go play that asset is to go back to that roots of the guy that was the walk on. Right. And, 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 and not the Heisman trophy award on his shelf, you know, maybe right. go, you know, maybe go put that in the basement and lock that away. So it's not visible for a while until you go back and become the walk-on guy that eventually, because I'll tell you what, you want to get back at Brown. I said this to a friend of mine the other night on the phone. We were talking about the whole situation, Watson, you know, a buddy of mine from Cleveland. And I said, 
you want to get back at the the uh, you want to get back at the Browns front office right now? You got them on pins and needles. They're on the ropes a little bit right now in this whole Watson. What's the NFL right. going to do? What more might come out? You want to put pressure on them? Do exactly what you just said. Nice up to them and say, "Hey, listen, I'm willing to work this out and talk this out because if you bring that image now." All the pressure's on them from the fan yes. base. All the pressure. Now you have just won back anybody that may have said, man, Baker was being a little B.I.T., whatever, and, you know, because now there's a lot of Browns fans, even the ones that are either indifferent about the move because it's like, whatever, we've been through it. You know, I'm more of a, hey, look, I mean, Deshaun, whatever. Like, you know, everything I've seen as a Browns fan – Hey, if if he plays and we're great, great. If he does, if he plays and we stink, then we stink, and that's what I've been dealing with for 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 decades. But in this sense, I really think you could really drive your favorability through the roof. Not all the people that still uh, hate that. There's a lot of people that still hate the idea that Watson's coming or hate even if he doesn't get suspended. And now more, those people are even way more emboldened on how bad this move is with everything lurking. They think they're going to be right. They can't wait to tell you they told you so on game one if, if Goodell hands the hammer down. Well, you're going you're gonna to obviously have them through the roof and then you're going to have all the other ones going, hey, man, hey, at least Baker's giving a shot. Hey, look, man, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And he could get revenge on this front office by merely being the nice guy, killing him with kindness and saying, look, I'm ready to work it out because you're right. Uh, you know, unless you had the offers beaten down the doors and the Browns were trying to juggle the best one from 10 teams and trying to figure it out, then you could flex your muscles and you could polish that Heisman Trophy at home. But you don't. You have maybe the Seahawks looking to make a move, and good God, good luck going there. You know, good luck, you know, seeing both that uh, those defensive lines in your division twice a year in in L.A. and San Francisco. You think you were getting killed in the AFC North? Bosa and, and Donald will 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 put you in a hospital. Um, you know, so yeah, why not take a team that is built to win and try to cuddle up to them again? I mean, I, I just don't get. This bravado, it's very, you know, it's very telling to me that you're right. It, he, he's totally, they're totally different animals in nature. But the whole Kyrie comparison in just a, a, almost, you know, to Kyrie's on an aloof side of, of yes. non-reality. Yeah. And, and, and Baker's on like this over, you know, pride side of it and it's um it's crazy because i think baker could really do a lot of agency for himself by looking at the browns and saying here i am man let's play football what else you got i got i've been here i've been taking all your shots i've been taking the fans shots i've been taking the media shots you know this could be a rocky two moment for him i think this is a moment for uh, i think this is a pivotal moment in his career because I honestly don't know what happens to him after this if he doesn't perform this year. Because trading him to Carolina isn't going to help him. He keeps saying that, oh, there's mutual interest between him and Seattle. Well, that's him saying that. That's not Seattle saying that. So there, right. there's, there's no place where he could literally go that they wouldn't take Jimmy Garoppolo first. So I, 
I find Baker right. Mayfield. I mean, you know, you're looking at this roster going, I mean, if Jimmy G can can, you know, you know, steer himself into, you know, NFC title games, uh, why can't he do that with this roster? I mean, so you know, I, I just think I think that we are at a very interesting point for Baker Mayfield that I hope that he recognizes it because as people are driving, you are asking yourself, I go to work every day. I make mistakes at work every day. Sometimes I do things that I need to go into work the following day and go, hey, man, my bad. This ain't no different. This ain't no different. I, this is, and this is the, the professional lifestyle that people look at athletes and go, suck it up. Like, yeah, they didn't want you. They found a better employee. It just so happens that employee doesn't start for six months. So you still got to do the job until that person shows up. Like, like, shut up, show up, and show out. Right. And he doesn't even have to apologize. All, all he has to do is say, hey, man, I'm willing to come to camp and put some stuff behind us and, and get to work if you guys are looking to get to work with me. And then he can say that to the Browns and then make that a public statement by saying, I reached out to the Browns. I told them I'm ready to come. I'm ready to go to the, the, the facility tomorrow. I'm they ready to no work thing. out. I said, okay. And, you know, I'm waiting to hear back from them. And then the media is going to go, hey, Cleveland, what are you doing? He sent you the love letter. What box are you going to check? Right. right. Yes, no, or maybe. I just. Or you've already got the maybe, it looks like. So which one? He's Now he's he's taking, you know, I'm not taking maybe for an answer. That's what I would say. I'm not taking maybe. I'll take no, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll be willing to work with yes, but I'm done taking maybe for an answer. And so, um, you know, I'm, and that would be his best recourse with the fan base, with the local media. That's that's kind of, you know, some has still holding on a little bit, but but a lot have kind of, you know, put him under the bus back in those days. So mm -hmm. I think it could go a long way, man. Speaking of going a long way, the Padres are back in action tonight. They're playing the Diamondbacks. I don't necessarily know. I'm looking up the... I'm looking at the start time right now to make sure I don't get this wrong. Uh, let me see. Let me see. This is great radio. 640. So in, yep, in, about, in about 12 minutes, uh, they'll be starting that. I think the Padres and Sean and I have a really good chance of getting back on track. Losing three out of four to the, to the Phillies isn't really that big of a deal. They've been super hot this month. It looks like Manny Machado may be available tonight. If not tonight, he'll be available during this series. I don't really know much about Zach Gallen, but I do know the Diamondbacks are terrible. I was going to say, you know that he plays for the Diamondbacks, <laughs> and these are games you got to win. I don't care if, you know. 33 and 41, so, and we're 45 and 30. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see Manny Machado because that, that ankle turn was so gruesome, but I hope. I hope that people on their way to the ballpark listening to this get a chance to see Manny again tonight because I saw that he was uh, batting practice. I, I didn't see any video of him running the bases, but I have seen him out doing workout drills going forward and backwards. I haven't seen anything with him going lateral, which is actually more important than back and forth in, in baseball when it comes to defense because of, uh, he plays third base. But outside of that, I'm just happy that he – didn't need 30 days off and it's been maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks and he's ready to come back and play. Cause I know he's going to be a huge asset to the team going forward. So kudos to Manny for 
getting healthy and, and looking to be back already. And shout out to the Padres for maintaining some semblance of success at this late in the year. Because at this time of the year, people are always like, oh, this is where they fade. They're chokers, blah, 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 blah. No, not this year, baby. But speaking, speaking of things choking, did Kyrie Irving choke in a staring contest with the Nets? Did Kyrie Irving blink? Because I can tell you right now, Russell Westbrook didn't blink. He told y'all what he was going to do with that $47 million the day that they told him about it. One signed in, the other signed in, and somebody got out. Who got out? Who got in? We'll break down what that means. We'll break down what that means for the Lakers. We'll break down what they may mean for the Clippers. We'll break down what they may mean for the Nets. And of those three teams, I honestly believe we now have a new front runner for the title. Which team that is? We'll get to it next. Brown and Law hit on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. We'll be right back. Hold on. Let's do it. Yup. And here we are. I told y'all we'll be back. We back. Who is we? John Browner, Jason Lawhead, Brown and Lawhead, right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. Whenever you hear them drums, you know what time it is. Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m., three times a week. Hoping to expand that in the coming future. But as of right now, we got our hour Monday through Wednesday coming to you guys after Kaplan and crew. Padres are active tonight. They're getting ready to start in about eight minutes. I think it's eight, eight nine minutes maybe. Um, we've had some people pick up some options. We've had some people do some buyouts. NBA free agency starts Thursday. Opt-in day was yesterday and today. We got news for y'all. If I told you after all the turmoil, the outside had to say about Russell Westbrook, as bad as it looked from the outside about Russell Westbrook, if I told you he had a $47 million option, <laughs> let me repeat that. He's the third option. Let me repeat that. And he's got a $47 million option. As it's, a, unbel- it's unbelievable. As the third option on an NBA <laughs> basketball team, I mean, he had a opt in on his contract. He could opt in or opt out for $47 million. Who the hell would turn that down? Who? Who? It, there's no NBA player with a $47 million option that's turning that down. I don't care if you knew the, I don't care if you Steph Curry. He's guaranteed to be the second highest paid player in basketball next year behind Steph Curry. Guaranteed now. The fact that he opted in, there's no other contract. There's no other opt-ins. There's nothing else. He's going to be the second highest paid basketball player next season. In addition to that, Kyrie Irving, a person who wants you to believe he is the smartest person in the room, (laughs) opted in as well because, like we spoke about Baker Mayfield, Ignorance has no bounds. So between these two guys, it had been rumored before these opt-ins that these two guys were going to be traded for each other. Kyrie Irving in a sign and trade, moved to LA, Russell Westbrook, then finding a home, whether it be in Brooklyn to return with Kevin Durant. I doubt that from the very beginning. But the idea that you were going to trade these two guys for each other, by the way, which you still might be able to, but they did opt in. Jason, who is in a better situation? that opted in, the Brooklyn Nets, the Los Angeles Lakers, Kyrie Irving, or Russell Westbrook? 
Well, I mean, obviously, financially, it's Westbrook at the end of the day. <laughs> and, you know, the nice thing about Westbrook is, is that um, I think he's already taken the biggest fall he can take as the fall guy. I don't think it's he can take any more hits. I think he's the guy that shows up. I think as being the third option, there's more a- answers to be questioned by the LeBron Jameses and definitely the Anthony Davises about how this team's going to perform and be the type of team that can contend for a title. I think Russell Westbrook has shown that, Hey man, I'm out here. I'm working out. I'm always playing on the, I'm always on the floor. Uh, you, you can call me West brick. You can, you can say I'm the worst decision that the Lakers made, but here I am and I'm always here and I'm showing up. And I think that, you know, the pressure on Kyrie, especially after a team that got swept with him and Durant, both in that lineup, um, you know, I think that looks way more, I think that, I think Kyrie carries way more responsibility for the fact that the Nets got swept than Russell Westbrook carries for the fact that the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. I think that Anthony Davis, LeBron James, uh, uh, Frank Vogel, the, the front office, that kind of mix, what the front office did with, with bench and role players, uh, to this team that Russell Westbrook didn't get rid of Caruso. Russell Westbrook didn't get rid of Caldwell Pope. You know, Russell Westbrook didn't, uh, didn't make those moves. Russell Westbrook didn't miss 38 games. Um, Russell Westbrook, you know, so Kyrie in in my, you know, he, he, he was a detriment to his team in the sense that, you know, whatever his beliefs are fine, but he did not show up for the basketball team during the season. And then in the playoffs, even though he looked ready to play basketball when he came back he didn't deliver i mean they got swept um by a team that didn't win the championship so i'll tell you i think the i think russell westbrook's the biggest winner i don't think uh, uh, franchise wise it looks good for either team i think this is a you know for obviously for the lakers and their kind of pride and their legacy and and and, and what they've established and you know, what they expected. I think maybe it turned, you know, that they, they, they're maybe a little bit more, you know, vulnerable to just kind of, you know, the media image, the fan base image, whereas the Nets are kind of just, you know, the Net fans are just praying that anybody can bring them a championship or even get, get near one. Um, so, but Westbrook, man, I'll tell you what, he's carried himself the most, normal expected and what i would deem consistent with russell westbrook throughout this whole thing i would say this is a very easy question for me to answer the person in is in, in a better situation is russell westbrook yeah. there's far too much instability in brooklyn it just it, it, it is yeah there between whether or not kyrie irving wants to play whether he shows up to play, whether he takes a month off because something happened in the world, whether the the virus comes back and New York does another crazy weird rule. Like, there is a large chance that there's going to be a chunk of season he misses just because he's Kyrie. And now, for the simple fact he did not get his extension, he's not going to behave the entire time. Again, there there were stories about him conducting his own practices after the team conducted their practices with their head coach. So this is a problem. And more stories have come out about uh, situations between him and Nash, things that were said. You know, when we first talked about that uh, uh, topic, you know, the after practices, 
we were kind of like, well, we don't know exactly the whole story. Was he doing it directly uh, behind Nash's back or was it something just to say, hey, let me keep fresh, let me get acclimated, let me help younger guys? We kind of debated that last week, that topic. But now there's there's reports coming out that the, some of the things he has said to Steve Nash at team dinners and gatherings about uh, something he made a, made a made a comment about, uh, you know, Kobe's MVP, the MVPs that he won and that Kobe didn't. Uh, so there is not a good relationship there. And, you know, you can say what you want about LeBron, right? Coaching dysfunctions. He's been able to, right. he's been able to win. He's been, even though he's lost more than he's won title wise, he's been able to win through coaching dysfunctions because he's LeBron. So whether it's Frank Vogel or Darvin Ham, and even if it isn't utopia there with Darvin Ham, you still have LeBron. And if he's still, you know, peak physical LeBron who can play, I mean, you got him and he's, he's been through those things. The idea. I mean, Kyrie Irving is not LeBron in that sense of being able to navigate a coaching uh dysfunction relationship the nets have three massive question marks one kyrie irving two ben simmons that no one even talks about anymore and three what you were just speaking of i think the Nets' biggest weakness is that head coach steve nash i love steve nash i am twitter friends with steve nash believe it or not uh he's too nice of a guy steve nash is too nice of a man to be coaching that team that team needs a jackass. That team needs a Van Gundy to coach it. That mm. team needs someone, uh, Pat Riley's right. ilk, to coach that team. You cannot have someone as kind and respectful as, as, as Steve Nash in that locker room. You need somebody who will curse someone out in the locker room and then go to the reporters and curse them out to the reporters. Steve Nash is not going to do that. He's too good of a person. He believes in personal relationships way more than he believes and 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 right uh, trashing somebody publicly. So for me, for me, just me, I believe that the reason why this team won't to me be a title favorite next year is because of the head coach. Because the head coach doesn't have it in him to be the nasty guy that is needed to direct a guy like Kyrie Irving. Because what yeah. I will tell you is this. Kyrie Irving will respect discipline. The problem is he's so good at basketball, no one will give it to him because they want him to, to perform and behave. And that leads me to my next buyout. John Wall has decided to take $37 million from the Houston Rockets and take the other $7 million he was owed from the Los Angeles Clippers and go to the Clippers in a buyout deal. I don't know what John Wall has left, but the last time I saw John Wall, he was averaging 20 points and seven assists. That was three years ago, and he's played 40 games in three years. Last year, because the Rockets just didn't want him to play because they wanted to lose, and they got what they wanted. They had the third pick in the draft. So if you're asking me, with a healthy John Wall, a healthy Kawhi Leonard, a healthy Paul George, in my opinion, that's the best team in the NBA next year. To me, hmm. if, if I'm in Vegas today, because I'm, I'm trying to get to Vegas for Summer League, I'm going to place a nice size bet for the Clippers to win the NBA championship. I like, I like the Clippers in three areas where I don't like the other two teams we talked about. I like them at the coaching position because I like Ty Lue. He has the dog in him. 
I like their best player being Kawhi Leonard, who we've seen win an NBA championship. And I like their front office because Ballmer will spend whatever it takes to be successful in the Los Angeles market. That spending side of it has a good feel of Golden State to it because that's what it's going to take at this point once you build a solid team. So John Wall's buyout, I think, changes everything in the Western Conference. If he can start the season healthy and figure his way out by all-star break and get a good rhythm, Kawhi is healthy, Paul George is healthy. Those are three legit frontline all-NBA players that the Clippers are going to have, and you're going to be looking at the best roster the Clippers have ever had. Yeah. I mean, it's a great move by the Clippers. They're only Fantastic. coughing up seven seven million of that to get a to get John Wall at a third option. And you're right, if he can mix in and play with Kawhi, which a lot of guys can. You know, that one great thing about Kawhi is, you know, he is Kawhi when he's out there and he's playing. Kawhi is Kawhi. He's gonna play kind of a he's a he's a very it's a, he has an interesting game because he's very uh, you know individual but still a great team right. mate as an individual player because he's a very kind of, you know, um, lone wolf on defense. He's a lone wolf on offense when he's handling the ball one-on-one, but he creates so much defense and so much attraction to him. Um, he, he, he creates great floor space for his teammates in, in being a one-on-one kind of a, kind of a slow-moving ISO player. Um, at times so I think Wall can you know benefit from that I think they'll be able to and you're right Ty, I, I, as much as I was a, a not a big Ty Lue fan in Cleveland I think you you look back on a lot of that and a lot of that has that LeBron you know influence in there and creates that static uh, you know creates that the you know, anxiety and creates that image of you know we're poorly coached well maybe we're not right. maybe we're just poorly led and then we can't coach and uh, you know whatever but you're right. He does have that dog in him and he's grown a lot. And he's, you know, you talk about, you know, the adversity of, you know, going through what he went through with LeBron, getting fired, you know, kind of floundering for a year or two and then accepting this role and and having to, you know, adjust through some some rosters and injuries and, and what whatnot. Um, yeah, because I think this team is going to be able to speed up, slow down, play good defense. You got George and uh, obviously Kawhi. So Zubac, are they the best team? Norman are they Powell, the best team? Are they the best team? I don't know about that yet. I mean, um, you know, I still, I, I still really like this Warriors team. I think this Warriors title is only going to embolden them and, and, and get some of these younger guys. I think it just made guys grow up even more. Um, so I still like golden state, uh, and, you know, depending on, you know, what kind of offseason the Celtics have, that's still a really good basketball team. Golden State beat a really good basketball team. I think if you put if you put that current healthy Clipper roster against the Celtics, the Celtics might win a game. Because now you're looking at Paul George defending Jalen Brown, and you're looking at Kawhi Leonard defending uh, uh, Jason Tatum. And can be an interesting matchup. It would be different because, yeah, it would be an interesting matchup. And don't forget, um, Nor- Norman Powell is a very, very, very good NBA basketball player. He is. He and is. So they've got four really good basketball players and a serviceable center and Zubats. And when they downsize, they're downsizing to Robert Covington or a guy like Nicholas Batum. 
So Tune's a great ball player. Yeah. They've they've got a lot to play with in the chest, and I really, really like the fact that Ty Lue has plans. He makes great in-game adjustments. He makes great adjustments series by series. And so it seems like every time something happens in the Western Conference, the Suns go down another notch. So now you're looking at the Suns being right. fourth or fifth best team, and we've heard nothing from them other than Robert Sarver getting in trouble for something that he did in the front office. Um, we, we've got about six minutes left, and I want to get to this. Today, uh, this is not sports related, so for people who don't want to hear it, bye. But it's happening in your country, so you should be able to talk about it, even not with us, amongst people who you know, not in an echo chamber, because this is important. Today, we heard testimony from a uh, aide of Mark Meadows, who basically described Donald Trump as a psychopath, a guy who throws food in the dining halls of the White House, who attempted to drive a, a presidential motorcade to lead people to the Capitol during the January 6th riot. There was testimony to the under oath sworn testimony that he knew that they had weapons. There's evidence now that they did have weapons shown today in the testimony of him knowing that there were people there to do damage. And he not only didn't care, he wanted to lead them. At one point, telling someone, I don't care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. I don't know what more. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what more people, whoever they are, whoever falls under the category of people. I don't know who you are, and I don't know what else you need to hear. But come on, man. What are we doing? <laughs> That's a little sports related. He's the first president to try to hit his driver with his three wood. And this guy, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I mean, this guy, I mean, this guy never has golf on his mind. Even only he even hits his personal driver. Uh, and yeah. he tried to take a mull and he tried to take a mulligan on the guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, to me, it's been clear as a bell, clear as day, no matter what other dysfunctions there are at, at all the levels of government and everything. The, the, uh, the, the idea that, uh, you know, that they just, the supporters just keep sweeping it under the rug and by rug, I mean his hair, but, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 alarming that you know I, it doesn't surprise me if they would have if the testimony or this would have been even worse it wouldn't have surprised me. Um, I'm a little bit you know actually surprised that you know the people that did come forward, but eventually you know these people that are even living uh, uh, you know through lies every day to get where they got, and then once they get caught, you know they they're you know I, I don't know how noble and brave these people are by trying to keep themselves out of jail and prison for someone that they you know you know cozied up to and just you know lived in a detached reality with to to get what they wanted and to get where they wanted in in life um you know i, I don't get that i mean in jesus but when you hear the actions and the behavior um thank god trump never drank imagine if he did drink that we that oh, we'd still this whole man. country would still this place would still be on fire oh, um man. so uh you know i 
Yeah, I mean, nothing surprises me really anymore. And that then, you know, um, the, the two worlds that people just live in and the three worlds, four worlds, even some point at some point right now, people are like, well, we're living, I'm like, we're living in like four different worlds when you when you talk to people in, in certain things. But uh, uh, I just try to be guided by certain logics. And, you know, I just don't know how this isn't something that just just makes people quiver as an American and, and what they know as Americans and what they expect um, as, you know, um, and, and this one here just showed you like, this was all about him and his, you know, it's all, you know, it's, it, it's, I saw a great tweet. It was like his whole identity politics started with crowd size and ended <laughs> with crowd size. It was always about crowd size. It was always about the size of his crowd and, and, the crowd and the crowd and the crowd and it's crazy. So, um, you know, I hope maybe this is the last or at least some of the bitter bits of the last pieces that we talk about this and certain things happen and whatever ball is in whatever court of whatever person that could do whatever, you know, hopefully the right things are done and the people pay and, you know, we can eventually try to move on. I think it's way past go on that, but sadly. I I hope that we can find a place where people can be open-minded and accepting of what they have seen or what they think they know. And now that we know that has been proven via fact. So we'll find out as this thing continues. But as a country, I hope we're, we're finding ourselves on more even ground than, than opposite opposing ground. And with that, we will let y'all enjoy the rest of y'all night. I'm John Browner, as always, the Mitre 1090 ESPN. Go Padres. Go Padres. Please beat the Diamondbacks. Please, because we need to win tonight, man. Because Colorado, Colorado took care of business yesterday against the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. See y'all tomorrow. Got a f yep. Peace. Peace.